Good morning, Orlando, and good Friday morning at 6 o'clock. Hey, Deb Meister, you got to love that. The week is almost over, but we got a fantastic show ahead between now and then. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Sessions recuses himself from any campaign probes, and a Florida judge blocks the release of the Pulse shooter's wife. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. The session saga, my take and yours, just ahead on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning. It's 602 on News Radio 1025. The U.S. Attorney General will not be involved in any investigation regarding the presidential campaign. In a Justice Department news conference, Attorney General Jeff Sessions would not confirm the existence of an investigation into Russia's attempted meddling in the election. Sessions insisted that he did not talk with Russian officials about the presidential campaign. He's been under fire, though, for not disclosing two meetings he had with the Russian ambassador last year. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Complicated story, and it just kept on rolling yesterday. We're going to sort it all out here in a couple of minutes. The Sessions saga coming up. Uh, two more members of President Trump's cabinet are in place. After being sworn in as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, former neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson of resident of West Palm Beach compared the country to someone who is sick. And uh, it's not a Democrat or a Republican patient. It's a patient. It's an American patient. And we have a duty to use the gifts that God has given all of us in order to heal that patient. The Senate also confirmed former Texas Governor Rick Perry as Energy Secretary. During his swearing-in ceremony, Perry said he believes American energy can start an economic revolution in the country. Perry once called for the Energy Department to be abolished. Meanwhile, Senator Rand Paul is ripping House Republicans for hiding their bill to repeal and replace Obamacare. The Kentucky Republican tweeted that he's been told the bill is, quote, under lock and key in a secure location and not available for me or the public to view. The secrecy reportedly is aimed at preventing leaks. Paul called that unacceptable, saying repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act is the biggest issue before Congress and the American people right now. It was crazy yesterday. Uh, there were lawmakers looking for this bill, the yeah. repeal replacement bill, as in, in the basement of the Capitol. And Rand Paul showed up with a portable copy machine on a cart <laughs> trying because he wanted to make a copy so he could read it over the weekend. No luck. We'll get into that shortly. It's quite a story. Yes, it is. The audio on that, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it, what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> crazy. It was crazy. President Trump is heading to Orlando today. The White House confirms he's visiting St. Andrew's Catholic School in Pine Hills. The visit is designed to highlight the platform of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos for school choice. The stop, which will take place today between noon and 3 p.m., is being called a listening session by White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer. The president will then spend the rest of the weekend at his winter White House, otherwise known as his Palm Beach estate, Mar-a-Lago. Nice to have the president in town, but I see a midday traffic nightmare, don't you? Oh, yes, (laughs) absolutely. But, you know... He's here today. We've, you know, we've got the new MLS, you know, the Orlando Lions soccer stadium opens this weekend. It does. 
Don't be hopefully a big weekend it's going to be a very big weekend, and hopefully they'll be able to get these two events pulled off without too much inconvenience we for everybody else. We are hopeful else. for the folks who'll be on the road. <laughs> I know. And other local news, a federal judge here in Florida is blocking the release of the wife of the Pulse nightclub shooter. Nor Salman was due to be freed in San Francisco on $500,000 bail thanks to her uncle who put his home up. But prosecutors asked for a stay of the release with the Florida court, which has original jurisdiction in the case because the crime took place here in Orlando. Solman is charged with aiding and abetting her husband in the June 12th attack on the Orlando nightclub that left 49 people dead. The state now sets up a series of court briefings to argue the situation. And finally, former President George W. Bush says his artwork helped him to readjust to life post-presidency. And I'm really doing this story not just because it's interesting about keeping up with a former uh, president. Right. But I also want, um, I'm hoping this, this story will tickle that inner yearning you have, Bud Man, to become an artist. I want to learn how to be a painter. I right. really do. And I have no demonstrated talent to do it whatsoever. But it is something that I've, I've been thinking about a long time. And, and the president and what he's been able to do, the former president, is inspirational. Well, listen closely to his words, Bud Man. Maybe it will be just the push you'll need to go to uh, uh, an arts and crafts store this weekend, buy a simple oil painting set. Yeah. You know, maybe just try your hand some okay. sketching, you know. But on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night, Bush said he read an essay by Winston Churchill, a man I know you greatly admire. Oh, absolutely. And it was uh, the book is Painting as a Pastime. And the former president thought, if this guy can paint, so can I. I'll be. Bush uh, jokingly said the books and paintings he's produced came as a surprise to citizens, especially on the coast, who didn't think he could even read. Bush said back when he was president, the art community wasn't exactly his base of support. In Bush's latest book of artwork and stories, though, very cool, Portraits of Courage, he uses his paintings to tell the stories of some of America's war veterans and heroes. You can check out President George W. Bush's book of artwork, Portraits of Courage, in bookstores and online. WFLA News Time 607. Are Colin Kaepernick's days of kneeling for the national anthem over? Yeah, they are. What a hypocrite. That's coming up later in this hour. I got something to say, Deb. Uh, well, before Budman goes off and frosts everybody's flakes, <laughs> your uh, homework is to read the story for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. All right, Deb Meister, thanks for painting an exquisite picture of the news at 6 o'clock. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> She'll be back at 6.30 and whenever news breaks all morning long right here. My partner and co-host on the 50,000-watt front porch with Yaffe in the control room and uh, Bryce screening calls. We will be taking your calls on the session saga uh, at 407-916-5400. Our text line, 23680 we're with you in Good Morning Orlando on this Friday from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Jeff Sessions, my take and yours on all of this and where it is headed in a moment. We'll have that for you, in fact, and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated as well in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. This Jeff Sessions saga, this is nonsense. This is nothing but a Democrat partisan witch hunt. And the president was right to call it exactly that yesterday. They're emboldened by the fact that they took one scalp off the Russia connections with, um, with Mike Flynn, the national security advisor. They're going after Jeff Sessions. They don't like him. They want him out. 
There are cries for him to be um, forced to resign, for him to be accused and charged with perjury for crying out loud. They are apoplectic, and they are way off and over the top. And I have just, I lost the sound here for a second in my uh, in my ear, but I've got it back now. At any rate, um, yesterday it all kind of came to a head. The story unfolded all day. It's why I didn't spend time on it yesterday morning. I wanted to see exactly where this thing was going. But here we are this morning. Let's um, begin by going back to where all of this started with Alabama Senator um, Jeff Sessions during his confirmation hearings, ultimately successful, that led to him being confirmed as Trump's attorney general. This is where it started in the confirmation hearings with uber-liberal, Trump-hating Minnesota Senator Al Franken questioning Sessions back in January. If there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Senator Franken, I'm not aware of um, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. Listen, this is where all of the confusion comes in, and the Democrats know it, but they are playing that card, trying to blur the lines, confuse the issues, just like they do with immigration versus illegal immigration all the time. Sessions has been wearing two hats. He was a senator during the campaign not the attorney general. He was a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, and he did have a couple of meetings with the Russian ambassador, okay? Wearing that hat, okay? Talking of other things beside the campaign. And the Democrats know this. Well, ultimately, there were cries, if not for the resignation of Trump's new attorney general, Jeff Sessions, that the Democrats have hated since day one, There were cries for him to recuse himself from any investigation involving any issue, Russians, whatever it happens to be, in the Trump campaign. And I understand why Sessions did this yesterday when he, in fact, did step to the microphone for a news conference at 4 p.m. our time yesterday and and, and ultimately cave and recuse himself. we got to get this thing behind us if it's possible to do it. But I kind of thought it kind of came off as weakness, and he, he he's such a Southern gentleman that he kind of comes off a little bit weak and, 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 and namby-pamby to me. I mean, it's just, I mean, I like the guy a lot, but um, I understand why he did it, but it still sounded kind of weak to me. But at any rate, let's listen here to what Sessions had to say because he, recru- he recused himself, but he totally denied, and appropriately so, that he has done anything wrong here, much less criminal. I have now decided to recuse myself from any existing or future investigations of any matter relating in any way to the campaigns for President of the United States. Let me be clear. I never had meetings with Russian operatives or Russian intermediaries about the Trump campaign. And the idea that I was part of a, quote, continuing exchange of information during the campaign between Trump surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government is totally false. And now further clarification from the Attorney General last night, an exclusive interview live on Fox with Tucker Carlson. Let's listen. 
I had not had any such meetings, was not meeting with Russian officials uh, to, on a continuing basis to advance any campaign agenda. Uh, sometime before that, I had met uh, in my office in an official way with the Russian ambassador. Uh, and so I, that was the answer I gave, and I think right. it was an honest answer, Tucker. Uh, I thought I was responding exactly to that question, and uh, it really became a big brouhaha. And here's a statement from President Trump in support of his embattled attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is an honest man. He did not say anything wrong. He could have stated his response more accurately, but it was clearly not intentional. This whole narrative is a way of saving face for Democrats losing an election that everyone thought they were supposed to win. The Democrats are overplaying their hands, said the president. They lost the election, and now they have lost their grip on reality. The real story is all the illegal leaks of classified and other information this is a total witch hunt. thought the president was really strong on that yesterday. This thing ought to die of its own weight and go away because I just don't think there is anything here. But the Democrats won't let it go, um, and, and, and they're going to play the Russia card as long as they think they have a winning hand there because they have nothing but a losing hand everywhere else. Your thoughts on the session saga, how it's played out? And um, where it goes from here, 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Bring Yaffe into the conversation here in a moment, and we'd love to chat with you. Totally politically driven witch hunt, tempest in a teapot, the session saga as I see it. Both parties in Congress are talking about having investigations. There are calls for an independent you know, um, uh, a prosecutor here, I, I'm very conflicted on that. I, don't, I think there's an open-ended investigation of the administration is not something the Trump regime should want and should seek or should back. Uh, Yaffe, how do you see it all? You know, I don't say this very often, but Trump stole the words straight out of my mouth in terms of this. I think he was 100% right on his statement on what he said. I think the Democrats are overplaying their hand. I think this is all about a witch hunt and about delegitimizing the election or creating a narrative that the Trump administration is in bed with Russia. But they don't have any substantial proof of that. Both both of these instances have no real proof that there was any collusion. Yep, I agree with you 100%. First on the line to talk about it from Oviedo. Good morning, Robert. Good morning to you. Morning, bud man. What do you think? I'm in bed with the Russians. I'm celebrating my 12-year anniversary with my Russian wife this weekend. I've been over there three times <laughs> like two months. <laughs> You're in bed with the Russians. <laughs> yeah. And your Russian you, wife. I love it. It's not so bad. <laughs> hey, That's great. Today there's a photo going around Chuck Schumer having coffee and donuts with Vladimir Putin. These hypocrites, bud. I'll tell you what, these confrontations with the Russians around the world like Obama chose to do cost us billions of dollars. You know, over there, it's a society, 190 million people. Let's sell them our stuff. Make deals. Why have, keep having these confrontations? Because I'll tell you, when we disrespect them, Putin gets on the other side. It costs us military buildups and billions of dollars. Let's just get along. Yeah, all right, fair enough. At least it's worth a shot, I believe. And I think Trump's our best shot to actually live with the Russian bear. <laughs> Love that. He's married to a, a gal of Russian heritage, so he's in bed with the Russians. <laughs> Good stuff. Matt, you're in Claremont on with the Budman and Company. Good morning on the Session Saga and Russia. What do you think? Oh, but I think the Democrats just don't want to give Putin a chance. And two things I want to say is... There's a lot of Republicans a, who are the same, McCain and that crowd, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's this thing about 
Putin becoming a Christian, and that's and all the sources we're hearing from my sources. And then the other thing is, I think that Putin is having the same trouble with the radical left in the, Europe and the United States that we are. I think the real problem is the radical holdout communists here in the West. And you know, I don't. I think it's kind of gone in the in Russia. Now let me ask uh, you to bring it back to Sessions very quickly before we go here, Matt. Uh, how much damage has been done to the Attorney General? Oh, nothing, because he's a very humble man, and he's also very principled, and he'll do the right thing. And I think that's—I think it just shows the mean-spiritedness of the Democrats when they attack such a great guy like him. Oh, and they are ruthless and relentless, no question about it. But I think the people are going to tire of it very, very quickly, because I think I think he's fundamentally an honest man, and I, and I, and I think um, you know, I think we understand he was wearing two hats: Senate Armed Services Committee and then campaigning ultimately for um, the president and becoming the attorney general. And, and you got to separate those out, and the Democrats don't want to do it. So I don't know. There, we're supposed to have a vote in, um, in Congress next week and some committees on the uh, bill to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare, okay? Uh, and there was a word put out in the Capitol that there was a bill under lock and key in the basement of the Capitol and members of um, the Energy and Commerce Committee will take a vote on this apparently next Thursday. Uh, we're going to be allowed in to take a look at it but not be able to copy it in any way, shape, or form. Well, nobody was able to verify that or find it. Rand Paul, who has his own plan for repeal and replace, uh, was just hotter than a hornet. Um, he, he showed up with a portable copy machine and demanded to see this thing, and he couldn't find it either. So it was just kind of a crazy situation in the U.S. Capitol yesterday, wasn't it? My goodness. All right, sliding in alongside me here in the 50,000-watt front porch, Deborah Roberts with more off the top on the session saga. Deb? Yeah, and that includes President Trump crying witch hunt in response to questions about his attorney general's contact with the Russian ambassador during the presidential campaign. Sessions has recused himself from any investigation into Russia, uh, Russian meddling in America's 2016 presidential election. He acted after it was revealed that he twice spoke with the Russian ambassador during the campaign. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A circuit judge in North Florida has been suspended for six months and will get a public reprimand from the Florida Supreme Court. Andrew Decker of Jasper is being punished for things he did before becoming a judge. The high court says he violated the canons of conduct for judicial candidates and the rules of professional conduct for attorneys. State Representative Larry Metz says this case has gone on too long, and it's one more reason the House has a problem with the courts. The Supreme Court of Florida has been sitting on this case for over a year on an issue of fitness for service as a judge. Metz made that complaint in the House Judiciary Committee about two weeks ago. The outcome of this year's Florida legislative session may depend largely on a 51-year-old firebrand attorney with a deep conservative streak and a love for cigars and the band U2. The new House Speaker, Richard Corcoran, has taken on rapper Pitbull, gotten into a knockdown dragout fight with fellow Republican Governor Rick Scott, and vowed to keep legislators in session for months if he doesn't get his way on local property taxes. He has an ambitious agenda for the 60-day session that starts next week. That also includes term limits for Florida's most senior judges and throwing out some of the state's regulations on health care providers. In the meantime, a new poll shows more Floridians like Governor Rick Scott than don't like him. But the University of North Florida survey also shows he still has a lot of detractors. 
Scott has a 46% approval rating in the poll released yesterday and 40% disapprove of the way he's doing his job. However, the governor's numbers are higher than those of the state legislature, which had a 39% favorable rating and a 40% unfavorable rating. What's in a name for Arkansas? The Clinton name is a big deal. It's on a presidential library and a Little Rock Street and for right now, the Little Rock Airport. But now there's word the state is considering taking the Clinton name off the airport. Senators this week heard a bill to change the name of the Bill and Hillary Clinton National Airport. A Republican who authored the bill says public buildings should not be named after people who are still alive. Little Rock officials, including the mayor, say they'll fight it. Well, politically, they're dead. <laughs> I'm just saying. Does that count? <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> and finally, in sports, the Magic wrap up their five-game homestand tonight against the Miami Heat at Amway Center. Orlando is just one and three on the stand so far. So naughty, bud, man. WFLA News Time at 6.36. News, you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. And the first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Just a casual observer of the scene. That's all, Deb Meister. Oh, absolutely, bud, man. <laughs> I would never accuse you of anything else. Catch you a little later. Uh-huh. Let's bring in Gina Cervetti right now live from New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom with our Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report. Good morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you, bud. So you've been taking a look at the stock futures after, you know, a, a, an amazing week on Wall Street. And maybe uh, things are going to take a breather today. Is that what you see? We could. We have the stock futures. They were lower earlier. They're still a little bit lower here for the most part, but they've evened out slightly. Uh, investors did yesterday start to sell some of their stocks. We saw the market pull back from its record highs with financial companies leading the declines. Those were the ones pushing the big rally the day before. We saw energy stocks down with the price of oil. The Dow was down 113 points, still above just barely 21,000. The S&P 500 is down to 2382. It fell about 14 points. That's a decline for the broader market of about six-tenths percent. And then we had the NASDAQ down about 43 points to 58.61. And boy, some real big-time social media headlines made yesterday surrounding the debut of Snapchat, right? Right, that's right. So we have investors keeping their eyes on Snapchat. The shares are up again today. We've got Janet Yellen making some important remarks today, too, so investors will have their eye on that. We can uh, watch these Snapchat uh, shares. Snap is the name of the parent company, actually. Mm -hmm. They own Snapchat. They rose 44% yesterday in their stock market debut. Now, that values this disappearing photo app maker at more than $28 billion. But some analysts are already betting the rally won't last because Snap is years from profitability with a net loss higher than its revenue. And Snapchat's user growth slowed in the fourth quarter. Uh, the first day jump, too, isn't always an indication of what happens to the fortunes from there. You may remember Twitter soared 73% on its opening day, mm -hmm. yet it now trades 40% below its IPO price. Facebook's listing was plagued by, uh, plagued by trading problems with the shares barely gaining on its first day. Then they fell in the first year, but that stock has actually gone way above its IPO price. And just to make you feel really bad this morning, bud. Yeah. Oh, that's all I need. Go ahead. <laughs> the founders of Snap, they're both in their 20s. Their net worth each rose to about $5 billion yesterday. I, I heard that, that one of those two guys got offered $3 billion by Zuckerberg um, 
a couple of years ago for Snapchat and, and turned it down, knowing he thought he had something bigger. And it looks well, like, at least for now, he does, right? Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. That's the story. Hey, before you go, let's talk about a couple of things you'll be watching come down the pike today. Yeah, we have Janet Yellen. She'll be delivering some remarks at an event in Chicago today. So she's the chair of the Fed. Of course, that'll get a lot of attention. And we have some other Fed speakers that will grab our attention as well. Investors are always listening up for new clues as to when interest rates might go up. And traders are actually betting that we will see a rate hike this month. Now, we also have an update today on the non-manufacturing part of the economy. That's the biggest part of economic activity. Gina Cervetti, you're the best. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. You have a great weekend. We'll catch you Monday morning for our next Bloomberg Business Report. So long, Gina. All right, bud. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Good deal. The hypocrisy of Colin Kaepernick, you know, the 49ers quarterback who was going to kneel and protest of uh, racial inequality and police brutality in this country, kneeled throughout the NFL season whenever the national anthem was, uh, was playing. Well, he's going to be standing up now. And uh, it's an interesting story I want to run by you if you haven't heard it, and it is coming up in a moment. We will have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick has ended his protest. He will no longer be sitting out or kneeling during the playing of the national anthem. Let me take you back to late last summer. When Kaepernick first sat for the National Anthem and then proceeded to kneel throughout the season whenever the Star-Spangled Banner was played. It offended millions of fans. Certainly offended me, probably you, if you're listening to this program, and resulted, I think, in no small part in the decline in the NFL ratings last season of 8% over the year before. Kaepernick said he was protesting racial injustice in America and police brutality. And he was asked if he planned to continue sitting out the national anthem long term. Yes, uh, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, To me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that's supposed to, I'll stand. Well, isn't this interesting? The word that has come down now from sources close to the NFL and Kaepernick say he will no longer continue his protest, that he doesn't want his past method to detract from the positive change that Kaepernick believes has been created. I'm not aware that anything has changed in this country with regard to whatever he is protesting or thinks is wrong in terms of racial injustice or police brutality. Wherever you are on those two issues, I'm not aware of any big sea change, and there hasn't been one. Why would Kaepernick, who some saluted for being courageous and and being a man of principle, why would he all of a sudden decide he's going to stand for the national anthem? The reason? He is about to opt out of his contract with the 49ers and become a free agent. And he knows he will likely not be hired by a National Football League team because the fan base would not tolerate it, knowing they'd brought a guy on board who's frankly not much of a quarterback anymore. 
who's who's going to stage that kind of protest and pull that kind of stuff and disrespect the national anthem and those who have served and fought and died under the flag of the United States of America, that, that he would be radioactive. So now he's saying, yeah, things have gotten better. I like the way things are going in the country, and now I am going to end my protest. Colin Kaepernick, you wretched hypocrite. That's exactly what you are. It's all about the money and trying to land a job and principles out the window. That's how I see it. Your take on the latest on the Kaepernick saga. 407-916-5400. Am I too harsh here? This man is, this man is a hypocrite. Period. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, agree or disagree. I think 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick claimed to be a man of principle, but is far less than that. He said he would keep on sitting out the national anthem until things had changed in this country. And there was less oppression of minorities and less police brutality. Wherever you are on those two issues, I don't know of any significant change since he began the protest. Now he's going to stand up. That's his promise, all to attract a team, because he's opting out of his contract with the 49ers, who will hire him to play quarterback. That's it. It's all about the money. And there's a lot of money at stake here, okay? $14 million plus is what he made last year. I think he's a hypocrite, okay? I simply do. From College Park, here is Ann, who seldom sees the world as the Bud Man sees it, but I'm always grateful that you still listen to the show now and then. Good morning, Ann. Well, we all shouldn't agree. That's not what the the show should be about. Oh, I agree with that. Well, what I have to say is, but, um, and I'm saying this respectfully, I think that you're a hypocrite. And a lot of people who are non-veterans, as you know, I'm a veteran, I think a lot of you guys are hypocrites because you always talk very loud about what the country should do and what the country should be, but you refuse to stand up and say, I will join. You refuse to lift your hand and join the military and fight for this country. I'm a little little long in the tooth for military service, just a little, Ann. Well, it's a difference when you're actually fighting for your country. Have a good day, bud. Okay. I'm a hypocrite. Does that work for you? 407-916-5400. Jay is in Lake Mary. Good morning on the Kaepernick story. How are you, Jay? Good morning, bud. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Hey, um, well, I'm a veteran also. I spent 25 years serving, recently retired down here. And, you know, although you might not have served, I do attend your Winter Park Memorial Day service and the gracious respect that you display for veterans, new and old. I got a, I got a military uh, deferment. It was one, not one of those things I wanted. It was what they, they, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't take me. But go well, ahead. Everybody serves in different ways, and, and you certainly have served this community honoring the military. Well, so thank thanks. you. And I'm thank a huge you. football fan. And, you know, the bottom line with these people like uh, Kaepernick and also some of these Hollywood elites is they surround themselves with folks who just tell them how great they are, and they start believing their own, you know, newsprint sometimes, and they lose touch with reality. And I think, really, you're seeing kind of a sea change in the way people are reacting to it because it's – I mean, you saw it with Donald Trump's election, you know, 
Nobody expected to happen. What you're hearing from real people, and real people understand the blessings of this country, and real people aren't millionaires, but they work hard, go, you know, try to provide for their family, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, they have great respect for what this country bestows on them. And unless you've really been out of the country, and I'm not talking on a luxury vacation, but in places where you see the blessings that other countries don't have, yeah. it's hard to really gain an appreciation. So. You know, hey, I respect the everybody's opinion. Colin, right. Colin can certainly express himself the way he wants. But do you see a certain hypocrisy in ending matter. the protest? He said he would continue until changes that have not been made have been made. It's yeah, all about the money. Thank you very much. On the text line, Yaffe, before you weigh in on this, along with Bryce, if he chooses, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, a lot of people agree with you, bud. One person said, uh, well said on Kaepernick. Now his supporters are going to start to cave as well. Another person said, oh, what sweet, perfect justice for Kaepernick. And I agree with you, too. I think it's all about the money. Why else would he, why else would he stop doing it? There, sure. There's no other reason. No, there isn't that I'm aware of. I'm a little confused because he's opting out of his contract, though. Mm-hmm. So isn't he leaving that $14 million behind to kind of find a new contract? No, he made, he made $14 million last year. He had, he had a clause he could opt out. All right? He wants out of the 49ers, okay? So, but doesn't he also make a bunch of money if he doesn't opt out? Like, that's what's, I'm not. Well, he's leaving football. the 49ers for whatever reason. So he's going to need to sign a new contract and be attracted by another team, you know, to another team. And he knows it's not going to happen with him sitting out the national right. anthem. Right, he's being a politic. Be- a because, because no owner is going to put up with the furor in the fan base of bringing this guy on board if he's not respecting the flag. It's as simple as that. Absolutely is. Good Friday morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here for a news update at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. It's Orlando's news, weather and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning AG Sessions recuses himself from any campaign probes, and the Florida Supreme Court upholds the ban on open carry. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Big spike in local police getting shot. What's behind it? My take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is recusing himself from taking part in any investigations involving the Trump campaign's contact with Russians and the run-up to the November election. Dozens of Democratic lawmakers, however, are calling for the former Republican senator from Alabama to resign. Sessions is under fire for saying during his confirmation hearing that he had not talked with any Russian officials when he actually met twice with the Russian ambassador during the campaign. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Florida Supreme Court says there's nothing wrong with a state law that bans openly carrying handguns. In a 4-2 decision Thursday, the court rejected a claim that the law is unconstitutional because it restricts the federally protected right to bear arms. Concealed weapons permit holder Dale Norman was arrested by Fort Fort Pierce police in 2012 because his gun was visible as he walked down a sidewalk. He was convicted of a second-degree misdemeanor but appealed his conviction. Florida hasn't allowed guns to be openly carried in public for decades, although the legislature is considering bills this year that would grant that right. Similar bills failed last year. Prosecutors in the movie theater shooting Stand Your Ground Hearing played the taped interview Pasco County detectives conducted with Curtis Reeves after Chad Olson was shot and killed three years ago. Reeves calls the decision to use a gun, in this case, stupid. If I had it to do over again, it would never have happened. We would have moved. But you don't get to do over. So what made you shoot him? 
Well, I, I guess uh, it scared the hell out of me. Okay. I thought the guy was fixing to beat the shit out of me. Okay. I don't know how else to say that. Reeves contends that he feared for his life when he says Olson was trying to attack him during a confrontation over texting, and that's the gist of this two-week-long hearing, which is expected to wrap up today. And that is, was he standing his ground, or should he face second-degree murder charges? Right, exactly. And boy, i got to tell you, it, it's one of these cases that, that, that leaves you going back and forth both ways. Been following this along the way, and I'm sure as the Hearing wraps up, you're saying next week they expect it will? Uh, today it should wrap up, and then after this comes the decision from the judge, all right, was he standing his ground or is he going to go on trial for second-degree murder? And you can count on it. We'll be talking about it right here on the 50,000-watt front porch, Deb. In local news, an Orlando man is arrested for allegedly killing his wife and adult son. The Orlando Police Department responded to find the woman and man dead yesterday at a home. At the 5800 block of Lake Champlain Drive, that's near Lee Vista Boulevard, another child of the alleged killer, a 15-year-old, was able to escape unhurt. The suspected killer uh, has been identified as 57-year-old Hector Colazzo. And finally, students at St. Francis High School in Mountain View, California, have gotten a great lesson in investing. I know earlier this morning during our Bloomberg Business Report, Gina Cervetti was talking about SNAP. Uh, Snap Inc.'s IPO, their initial public offering. Right, the Snapchat. Unbelievable what happened yesterday and how much money flowed into that (laughs) initial offering. What's amazing is this story, all right? High school president Simon Chu says back in 2012, the school board agreed to invest a paltry $15,000 in seed money in Snap Inc., like you said, bud, the the company behind Snapchat. Oh, boy. All right? Well, like you said... Snap shares sold for $17 each in an IPO this week, and their price rocketed 40% high when trading began Thursday. The school says it sold eh, two-thirds of its shares yeah. for $24 million. Whoa! My goodness! What a story! From fifteen thousand to twenty-four mil. Now that's a great lesson in investing. I bet you those kids have a whole new renewed sense of respect in the art of economics. That's the American dream and then some. Yes, That's it is. the free market and the free <laughs> enterprise system. I got to love that story. WFLA News Time 707. And from that great story, we go to this, where you can read about the feds failing to catch years of defense contracting fraud at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News. Weather. Traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Need your help on this, and I think police do too because they're all over the lot and trying to explain the big spike in the number of cops being shot in Central Florida just in the past couple of months. Um, I'll give you a few of the factors that I think might be overlooked. Uh, in a moment, and I'll be taking your calls at 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. An update coming before we get into talking here on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. That's just in two minutes, so stick around. Much coming down the pike here on the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando Sentinel headline, rash of shootings of cops have leaders concerned. At least 12 Central Florida law enforcement officers have been shot or shot at in the first two months of this year, including 10 in the past week alone, where we've had one dead and three injured. The most recent shooting Tuesday, Orange County Sheriff's Sergeant Richard Stelter 
part of a team of deputies serving a robbery warrant on a Christopher Redding Jr. Uh, locally here, and um, they got into a shootout here. Stelter was hit several times but is going to survive and make it. Uh, Redding killed in the shootout with the deputies. And in this piece by um, reporters David Harris and Renee Stutzman in The Sentinel, um, they interview top um, law enforcement officers here who aren't quite sure exactly why the spike in the number of law enforcement officers being shot locally. We can tell you that according to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, the number of officers fatally shot nationwide has generally been on the decline for the better part of 40 years, but took a sharp upturn last year. What's going on nationwide? What is going on locally? Um, if you ask Chief Mina, Arn Orlando Police Chief Mina, he'll talk about, you know, a lot of the problems they have here is when you go to arrest somebody who is a uh, violent felon suspected in a serious crime, these are some of the most dangerous calls. There are just evil people out there. What you got is a whole bunch of people, you know, who are getting out too soon and continue to be repeat offenders. And, uh, you know, and, and they, they, I'm sorry. The, the criminal justice system has got to be reformed in that regard. These bad actors, these dangerous, violent people, they're incorrigible. You can't rehabilitate most of them. You just got to put them away from the rest of us in society. You ask um, Orange County Sheriff Jerry Demings, as they did in the Sentinel piece as well, he said, well, you know, there's there, one of the factors here is we've got young people being introduced to violent video games and movies. They come from unstable environments. Uh, we need to prevent violence uh, by creating more positive home environments for youth, social programs to get them on the right track, as well as proper law enforcement and prosecution. It's all well and good, but all of those problems have existed long term. I don't think... I don't think that explains why the spike nationally and here locally over the last year in the number of cops being shot and shot at, I, I don't think it explains it because those are long-term factors, okay? They are factors, but they're long-term. What has changed recently? The rise of the Black Lives Matter movement is a factor, I believe. Chanting in the streets, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. I think you've got the Ferguson effect and the Baltimore effect where cops have said it's not worth it to go after these people in the inner city for all we wind up going through, being hauled into court or whatever, false charges being filed, etc., etc. So they back off. I think that's a factor. And the bad guys, wherever they are, are emboldened, knowing that the cops are not going to be as tough and aggressive with them as they once were. I think that's a factor. I also think locally, and I know that they would not agree with me at OPD, but they have this relatively recent change in policy in which the order is that police use the least force possible in dealing with troublemakers. And I think the troublemakers know that. And it gives them an advantage, and they are emboldened. And we see more of this. It is open season on cops here and around the country. And I think these are some of the recent 
changes just over the last couple of years that are very definitely contributing to that. As I told you, a big spike in the number of cops in Central Florida being shot and shot at. And uh, we're seeing a trend like that around the nation, just particularly within the last year or two as well. Let's bring on Bertha from DeLand with her take on what's behind it. Good morning, Bertha. Good morning, bud. How are you? Nice to have you with me. Have a seat on the 50,000-watt front porch, and uh, let's have some wisdom from Volusia County. Okay. I want to say that Dennis knows what he's talking about. Until they start investing money for after-school programs, these kids have nothing to do but play these violent games starting at six years old. And if you are trained to kill on games, it's easy to go out there and kill real people. And we better come to grips with it. It's not going to get better. Now, but the video games have been around. They are getting more violent. There have been violent yeah, video games for a decade or more. Up with, what's they? What? When you and I were growing up, we didn't have those kind of video games. Yeah, but we? yeah, yeah, I get that. But here's the deal. Uh, the big spike in crime, it isn't like violent video games came onto the scene a year ago, Bertha. And I remember years ago, thank you very much, on this show in the pre-Yaffe era, had a conversation with a young um, uh, a call screener because I was saying, you know, these violent video games, and they, they, they beget violence just like Bertha was saying. And he said, you know what, but it's not true for a lot of younger people. They work out their aggressions on the video game, and they are less inclined to violence because they've let off steam in front of the screen. And I've, I've been thinking about that ever since and wondering whether or not there's validity to that. I don't know because I don't play them. Yeah, I've never really been big on the really violent video games, so I don't know. The, I mean, the problem with that theory is there are millions, if not billions, of people in the world that play those kind of video games, and we, you know, we don't see it everywhere. Now, Bryce back here, he had a, he says he created a video game once in which, um, you know, instead of violence, you do things like pick up trash and are you kidding? Trees. You created a video game, Bryce? Oh, I, I mean, I didn't. Created in the design form, but just an idea. <laughs> so, so what is what, what is this? How do, how do you win the game? You get points for picking up trash. Well, yeah, you got to fill up your heart points by giving people hugs <laughs> and picking up trash and handing out lollipops. Wow, what if there's a market for that? It'd be nice if there were. It would I, I, say something really great about society I if there feel, were. I feel like no. I feel like Probably there's not. not. I think Bertha would play it. Yaffe, where are you on what's behind the spike in the number of cops being shot and shot at locally? And we're seeing it in the last year or so nationally after a general trend downward over time. I, I think it's the whole movement against cops, the whole Black Lives Matter things, just anger at cops. I mean, it can't be just coincidental that that whole thing has started in the last couple of years, the same time that more violence against cops has started. There's a general outrage against cops in a lot of these communities. And I think locally, I think the bad guys know it when Orlando Police Institute a new policy calling for the officers to use the least amount of force available, you know, that, that you can possibly do. I think they know that, that they've got an advantage over the police in that situation, and I think that plays into it as well. I know OPD would deny that, but I've been, I've been worried about that ever since they instituted that policy. Right. All right. 
Deb, we're going to revisit the um, Sessions saga. Attorney General Jeff Sessions and his whole bit with the Russians later in the show. I know you have more on that for us now. Yeah, and that is the fact that the U.S. Attorney General will not be involved in any investigation regarding the presidential campaign. In a Justice Department news conference yesterday, Attorney General Jeff Sessions would not confirm the existence of an investigation into Russia's attempted meddling in the election, but uh, Sessions insisted that he did not talk with Russian officials about the campaign. He's been under fire, though, for not disclosing two meetings he had with the Russian ambassador last year in July and September. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. We have a, a, a bit of a milestone to mark today, bud. Good. Always in favor of milestones in life. What well, you got, Deb? I'm not so sure you'd like this milestone. It's not. It's It's a mini milestone. Okay. But a week ago at this time, weren't you getting ready or already on a cruise across the Caribbean? I was, yes, and it was good. I bet. And there was no pollen out on the Caribbean either. I'm telling you what. I know. The pollen here is killing us all, isn't it? kicking everybody's back end. Anyway, what? But traveling, you know, it's a lot of fun, but it can also be a lot of stress. True. Yeah. I bet uh, as as a man, you probably pride yourselves on packing light for a vacation. No, no. Are you kidding me? It's oh. like it, Linda Linda packs, and it's like she took the anvil and bowling ball collection with us in the bags. It's unbelievable how much the bags weigh. I just hate watching her lift them all into the car, you know. <laughs> it's such a bummer, I feel isn't so, it? I feel bad. I bet you do. But at least your hands are free so you can wipe the tears from your eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, you may want to stop being so hard on Ms. Linda. Okay. Next time you travel, because she has suggested that a time or two. All right, uh, maybe I'll pass this story on to her, and she can remind you the next time you think she's carrying an anvil and a bowling ball. Because it turns mm. out she's got nothing on the king of Saudi Arabia, really, who certainly knows how to travel in style. In the first visit by a Saudi ruler in almost half a century, King Salman bin Abdul Aziz Al Saud arrived in Indonesia Wednesday. Nice job on the name, Deb Meister. Thank you. Impressive. Thank you. Now, the English words, I'm going to totally mess that up. But when it comes (laughs) to the king of Saudi Arabia, no problem. But he just uh, arrived for a nine-day tour of the world's most populous Muslim nation of Indonesia. And according to media reports, he isn't traveling light. Your wife, Linda, has some, she's got something to learn here. The king is traveling with approximately 505 tons. Now, keep in mind. Tons a- of what? The average African elephant yeah. reportedly weighs between two and a half and seven tons. 505 tons of luggage? Oh. The more unconventional things in his luggage include two Mercedes-Benz S600. Gotta have them. And two... <laughs> Freestanding electric elevators, because you never know when you need to go up. (laughs) Go ahead. The king also comes with an epic entourage. Salman is traveling with no less than 1,500 people, including 10 ministers, 800 delegates, and 25 princes who traveled to Indonesia in 36 (laughs) different flights. Over a period of three weeks. How many flights to get them all there? 36. What a country. Saudi Arabia. Let's say it sounds like the whole country is traveling. And let me tell you, my mom managed resorts here in Central Florida probably since we moved here almost 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. When they come, they don't rent a room. They rent the floor. Sounds like they need the whole hotel at this point. Seriously. That some of the biggest hotels in Indonesia and in the capital city 
are, are completely booked by just the Saudi royal family. Unbelievable. Including huh. his, which is a suite for $4,400 a night and includes a private pool accessible only by elevator. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, is it United... the freestanding elevator that they're bringing yeah. with them? <laughs> no, those are just one of the spares they keep in the back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, his feet are not allowed to touch the ground. And Dubai what? in the United Arab Emirates is home to, I didn't know a hotel could get more than five well, what, stars. What, has he got a hoverboard or something? What do you mean his no, feet can't touch the ground? His feet don't touch the ground. Everywhere through this hotel, it's like lined in, in like a red carpet. Oh, I see. Or yeah. gold. But his feet do not touch the ground. All right. And it's also home to the only seven-star hotel. I didn't even know there could be a such thing. I <laughs> thought I know it, five was it, it, right? I thought five was it. But no, in the United Arab Emirates, mm. there is a hotel that's a seven-star hotel. I had a friend who stayed there. Wow. I had no idea that kind of opulence even existed, and chances are I probably never will. <laughs> Amazing. I, I need to go to Where this hotel and oil? rate it. Huh? I need to go to this hotel and rate it for myself. <laughs> I need to go get you a princess. What did you say, bud? <laughs> I said, wait till they run out of oil. <laughs> Party over. <laughs> if there was ever a reason to switch to green energy, it was so the Saudi king's oh, feet man. could finally <laughs> touch the ground. Yeah, amazing, Learn some Deb. fiscal responsibility <laughs> You over know there. what I'm saying? Yeah. It, what a, that's incredible That's stuff. the home to the 24-karat gold burger, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they don't even know what to do with their money. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah, we did. All right, Deb, catch you shortly. Deborah Roberts, my partner and co-host here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Anybody else in town going to give you news like that? I don't think so. Only the Debmeister. Does it seem to you that the television media, the news networks have been a little rough on Donald Trump through the campaign and the first month or so of his administration? Well, here's a little bit of evidence to back that up. A meticulous new study has been done by the Media Research Center. Are you ready? It finds no honeymoon for this president beginning his first term that we traditionally have seen from the press through the years. None at all. The antithesis of it, as a matter of fact. According to the Media Research Center, they've done a study of the major networks, the broadcast networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS. This does not even include the likes of CNN and MSNBC, who are, uh, I mean, even worse when it comes to their hatred for Donald Trump. The study of the broadcast network's news coverage finds that 88% of that coverage of President Trump and his team hostile during the first 30 days he has been in office. They analyze the tone, the content for the evening newscast. 88% Hostile. In their coverage of Trump's first month, the networks crowded their stories with quotes from citizens angry about many of his policies while providing relatively little airtime to Trump supporters. One example, CBS Evening News anchor Scott Pelley saying this, And the network's anchors and reporters often injected their own anti-Trump editorial tone into the coverage, and this was Pelley just one night. I mean, there are countless examples of this. It has been a busy day for presidential statements divorced from reality. So much for straight news coverage, okay? This is not a news program here. Deb's part of it is. This part of it is opinion-driven talk radio. There are opinion-driven commentary shows on television, all right? 
but the broadcast networks pride themselves on hyping up their objective reporting. A word cannot come out of the mouth of a network anchor like divorce from reality and have them claim objectivity. It's amazing when you look at this, Yaffe. They, um, but it goes on and on and on. I don't have time to get into it in particular, but the Media Research Center's got great credibility, and, um, and, and, and they just talk about how unprecedented it is and how absolutely biased against the new president uh, the network broadcast network coverage is. And that's not even CNN and MSNBC who are infinitely worse. You know, but I was just thinking this probably really in, insults you more than anyone because you worked, you know, as a news anchor for years. Yeah, and, I did. Uh, I worked at the local level, and politically I, I never really detected And when I watch locally here, they're doing mostly just crime and grime stuff. I don't detect a bias at the local level, but I most certainly have and continue to, and it's getting worse at the network level. But, yeah, I am sensitive to it. Uh, as a guy who was a straight-down-the-middle journalist for the better part of 30-plus years. Exactly. So you, you know how the job's supposed to be and to yep. see them do to, to yeah. do the opposite. It's probably yeah. frustrating. Yeah, but it's very interesting to see them actually put some flesh on the bone here because, oh, you know, yeah. we have this perception, but there is the reality in this analysis. Go check it out in detail. Just do a search on it. Um, the Media Research Center, 88% of the broadcast news coverage of Trump and his team hostile during the first 30 days in office. Well, we're back here on the 50,000-watt front porch, delving back into the Jeff Sessions saga, and uh, we'll explain to you exactly what is going on here with this whole thing with the Attorney General and the Russians and the President and the Democrats, and we'll be taking your calls in hour number three. Also, later in the hour, our daily playing of the sound judgment game for um for always a great prize. Now, if you enjoy us here in drive time, as we say in the biz in the morning on WFLA with Good Morning Orlando, and you enjoy uh, Yaffe's role in the show, which is so critical, uh, he hosts his own primetime show in the evening, more evenings than not now, and you will be on tonight, Mike. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'll be on at 7 p.m., so 7 to 8 p.m. tonight. By the way, I did a show last night, and you can catch the podcast of it on our website. Just go to 1025wfla.com, click on the Good Morning Orlando tab, then click on Beyond Reason blog. I posted the podcast of that, plus I got a blog piece on what my take on the future of conservatism a piece I wrote up, so you can check that out as well. So we'll talk about the latest uh, going on in the news with Jeff Sessions, anything happening in, in politics, this Obamacare stuff. It's getting pretty crazy with the whole Republicans keeping it in lock and key in the basement of, you know, the, the capital. supposedly. <laughs> you know, Rand Paul is, uh, you know, madder than a hornet about that, brought in a copy machine I love yesterday. That, though. I Just, love that he did that. It's yeah, great. Yeah, they're going to have a vote, apparently, uh, next week in, in a right. committee or two. So... The Obamacare thing is beginning to come to a head. You know? We'll see what's in it, though. I'm worried that they're caving on some things, unfortunately. But yeah. we'll see. Well, Rand Paul is saying that. He has his own yeah. plan, and he says, you know, there's a lot of Democratic ideas that are going to be dressed up mm-hmm. and sold as Republican ideas. And uh, I, I think he's right. I really like Rand Paul's plan. I wish we would just take that one, but we'll see. I don't. it looks like that's not going to happen. Well, we'll have to see. Um, I think he has a lot to say that needs to be listened to there, and I don't want to see them right. pushing him aside. Right. He's a doctor for crying out loud, and he, he's 
He, he's exactly. He, yeah, I mean, he's 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 thought long and hard about this issue, and uh, yeah. So we'll talk about that plus yep. a lot of other things tonight at seven p.m. on Beyond Reason Radio. Great way to get your weekend started with Yaffe right here on his own evening edition of the fifty thousand watt front porch. Oh, Deborah Roberts checking in with our news at the top of the hour here, focusing uh, to set the table for what we'll discuss thereafter on Attorney General Sessions now recusing himself from any Trump campaign probes that might unfold related to the Russians or not, and raiding the State Housing Trust Fund. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning. Hope you're off to a great start and have a great weekend lined up. It is 7.59, and we are glad you're with us. Good Friday morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here for a news update at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on a Friday. It's Orlando's News Weather and Traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I want to hear you say that word one more time Friday. Woohoo! I'm Deborah Roberts. <laughs> Our top stories this morning AG Sessions recuses himself from any campaign probes and raiding the State Housing Trust Fund. We'll have the details in one minute. The Sessions Saga, my take and yours, next on Good morning or less. As Bud said just a moment ago, good Friday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Attorney General Jeff Sessions will not be involved in any probes into whether the Trump campaign had dealings with Russian officials, but his recusal from, quote, any existing or future investigations, end quote, may not be enough to satisfy some top Democratic lawmakers who are continuing to call for his resignation. Sessions is under fire for saying he had no contact with Russian officials during the presidential campaign. He now says he did, but only in his capacity as a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Sessions is also not confirming whether any investigation has actually been launched. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two more members of President Trump's cabinet are in place after being sworn in as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Former neurosurgeon Dr. Ben Carson, who lives in West Palm Beach, compared the country to someone who is sick. And uh, it's not a Democrat or a Republican patient. It's a patient. It's an American patient. And we have a duty to use the gifts that God has given all of us in order to heal that patient. The Senate also confirmed former Texas Governor Rick Perry as energy secretary during his swearing-in ceremony. Perry said he believes American energy can start an economic revolution in this country. Perry once called for the Energy Department to be abolished. In local news, President Trump is heading to Orlando today. The White House confirms he's visiting St. Andrew's Catholic School in Pine Hills. The visit is designed to highlight the platform of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos for school choice. The stop, which will take place today between noon and 3 p.m., is being described as a listening session by White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer. The president will then spend the rest of the weekend at the Winter White House, or better known as his Palm Beach estate, Mar-a-Lago. In the meantime, Florida, if you can believe it, has been named the best state for higher education. U.S. News and World Report made the designation based on graduation rates, low debt at graduation, and tuition and fees. The rankings also considered how long it takes students to finish two- and four-year degrees. In the same poll, Utah ranked number two, and California was in third place. That is an that is an almost unbelievable headline. It really is. You know, you, you just don't think of Florida in terms of excellence in education, although we've come a long way yes, from have. years ago. Yes, but we tops have. for higher education. Tops for higher education. And then yet when you look at it, 
so many of our uh, higher institutions, higher learning institutions, are consistently ranked in the top uh, for some of the best universities in the country. Well, just UCF, think of, yeah. UF. You know, yeah, exactly. What I, were was gonna just, say, Mike? Well, I was just going to say, think of all the great schools in 40 of yeah. Miami, UCF, UF, USF, Rollins. FSU. Yeah. Yeah. FSU. USF. Yeah. We've got a lot of really great, great schools. And yeah. I really think UCF is poised to take over UF and FSU. And I'm not saying that because we live here in central Florida, but they are so on the cutting edge of technology that we're going to be seeing used in the future, including that new power grid that UCF just teamed up with Siemens. Uh, they work with the military on the uh, uh, the computer generated. They're just oh, doing the simulation. Some, the simulation, Absolutely. exactly. Oh, That's the they, word. They're big on simulation. They really are. Yeah. And it's amazing how many contracts they have with the military, including NASA, that we and the general public are not aware of. Right. It's interesting. I and really think UCF's got a great partnership with the private sector. No question. And they can claim Yaffe as a graduate. Yes, they can. Huge magnet for but, students worldwide. But that's the only <laughs> time they can claim him. He's ours. <laughs> You're right. All right. This is a, a serious story, and uh, hopefully nothing we'll have to keep an eye out for. But the FBI is joining the search for a man who broke into an Army career center in Oxon Hill, Maryland, early yesterday and made off with a government-owned car and an Army dress uniform. Hmm. Other items might have also been taken. In a statement, Prince George's County Police say their thief may be armed and is believed to have headed for Northern Virginia. A picture of the man was captured by a security camera. I don't like the sound of that. I don't either. We've seen too many attacks like that in years where there'd be a lone gunman on a military installation somewhere wreaking havoc. I hope this is not going to be the case. And finally, for 25 years, Florida has been setting aside money in a trust fund for affordable housing, but lawmakers have a history of raiding that fund to balance their budget. Jamie Ross with the Florida Housing Coalition says that just has to stop. If the Florida legislature uses Florida's trust fund money in 2017-18 solely for housing, which is approximately $292 million, It'll create nearly 29,000 jobs. Doesn't matter. The governor is still recommending that two-thirds of the housing money in next year's budget be spent on things other than housing. Thankfully, the legislature has the final say. 29,000 jobs. It's a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. WFLA Newstime 808. Are Colin Kaepernick's days of kneeling for the national anthem over? You can find out for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yeah, we talked about the Kaepernick story earlier in the show. Go to the website, 1025WFLA.com, as Deb recommended right now, and catch up with it. Very, very interesting developments there. Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Talk about petering out. Yeah. Some yeah. protests. Yeah, well, you, you know. end up ruining your name and your career, and for what? Yeah. You he, didn't even meet your objective. Right. He's not going to be kneeling for the national anthem anymore, although nothing has changed that he wanted changed. It's all about trying to hook on with a new team and get a contract. That's exactly (laughs) what's going on there. Follow the money. Ah, yes. All right. The saga of Jeff Sessions here in a moment. What this is all about and where this is and is not headed. Coming up and your calls are welcome at 407-916-5400 on the Sessions saga. And our text line is always wide open for you at 23680 as we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll dive right in on all of that and much more coming up, including sound judgment a little bit later on for prizes. We'll have this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic unfolding here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
The Democrats emboldened by playing the Russian card effectively to take down National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, and they're going after Attorney General Jeff Sessions. There's no way that he is going to resign. Pelosi, Schumer are demanding it. Pelosi wants him prosecuted for perjury. Uh, this, This is a nakedly partisan witch hunt, as the president correctly said yesterday, by a party that is broken and bitter over losing an election they could not imagine losing to President Trump. But um, the confusion, and the Democrats are doing all they can to blur the lines and gin up the confusion with this whole situation with Attorney General Jeff Sessions is, when he talked to the Russian ambassador, it was in his role as a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Remember, he was a senator before he left that job to uh, to become attorney general, okay? And um, he was talking about a variety of things. And, uh, and, and, and it's a separate hat from campaigning for Donald Trump and being his attorney general. Anyway, let's talk about how all of this mess got started back in uh, January Hearings for the confirmation for Attorney General of um, of Jeff Sessions and the questioning by uber-liberal Minnesota Senator Al Franken. Uh, let's go back. If there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Senator Franken, I'm not aware of um, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I did not not have communications with the Russians. Again, he's just strictly asking about the campaign. He's responding about the campaign, not with his Armed Services Committee member hat on for crying out loud. Here is Sessions in that news conference he held yesterday announcing that he is recusing himself from any investigations uh, concerning activities of the Russians in the presidential campaign or anything else campaign-related, but totally and appropriately denying that he has done anything wrong, much less criminal. I have now decided to recuse myself from any existing or future investigations of any matter relating in any way to the campaigns for president of the United States. Let me be clear. I never had meetings with Russian operatives or Russian intermediaries about the Trump campaign. And the idea that I was part of a, quote, continuing exchange of information during the campaign between Trump surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government is totally false. And we got further clarification from the Attorney General last night in a terrific interview that he had live on Fox with Tucker Carlson. I had not had any such meetings, was not meeting with Russian officials uh, to, on a continuing basis to advance any campaign agenda. Uh, sometime before that, I had met uh, in my office in an official way with the Russian ambassador. Uh, and so I, that was the answer I gave. And I think right. it was an honest answer, Tucker. Uh, I thought I was responding exactly to that question. And uh, it really became a big brouhaha. They're not going to get sessions on this, and I think that this is going to be diminishing returns for the Democrats if they keep pounding away here. I think people are going to get sick of it, sick of them. I really do. Said President Trump in a statement, Jeff Sessions is an honest man. He did not say anything wrong. He could have stated his response more accurately, 
but it was clearly not intentional. This whole narrative is a way of saving face for Democrats losing an election that everyone thought they were supposed to win. The Democrats are overplaying their hand. They lost the election, and now they have lost their grip on reality. The real story is all the illegal leaks of classified and other information. It is a total witch hunt. The president also said yesterday he has total support for Jeff Sessions, and I think he should continue to support him. So that's my take and the president's on the session saga. Want to weigh in? Join the conversation at 407-916-5400. Hit that text line that's always open at 23680. You're next. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated on a Friday morning here in just two minutes. Also here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So the uh, Democrats, they really are sore losers, and that's what this is about. Everything has to be blamed on the Russians. The Trump camp was in collusion with them, blah, 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 blah. They managed to play the Russia card and uh, take out National Security Advisor Mike Flynn. Now they're trying this with Sessions, demanding he resign, be charged with perjury in some cases. Neither one of those two things are going to happen. I have mixed feelings about him recusing himself here. I, it, it, it made him seem a little bit weak, but it may be the best chance to just get this whole doggone thing behind everybody. There really, there really is nothing here, okay? Very little smoke and no fire is the way I see it. Yaffe? Yeah, did you see yesterday with Senator Claire McCaskill trying to – you want to talk about a lie. Now, she's a Democrat she, senator from yes. Missouri, right? And she's on – I believe she's on the Armed Services Committee as well. She tweeted out that she had never met once – with the Russian ambassador. And then they found out, just found her tweets from two years ago where she says she's meeting with the Russian ambassador. And a photograph of her <laughs> sitting across the table from the guy. Yeah. Whoops. I mean, you want to talk about a lie. I mean, the Democrats, it's like you said. They're trying to create this narrative and they'll do anything to do it. They're desperate. They're angry. Um, and they're playing the only card that they think is working for them. I think they're going to wear out their welcome real fast on this Sessions thing. I really do. I truly do. Now, you're in the control room monitoring our text line at 23680. Yes. we got some incoming on this. Uh, yes. Uh, some people, uh, most people agree with you, Bud, saying that this is there's nothing to see here. Um, one person brought up what I just brought up, that there are other, there are other senators who met with the ambassador as well. Um, so very interesting, very interesting. One person's upset at McCain and Lindsey Graham for how they've treated Trump and treated Sessions on all this. Yep, and I understand that. Here is Anthony and Kissimmee checking in. Good morning to you, Anthony. Good morning, bud. Um, the real story, the real story is that the, uh, is that Flynn was going off to these uh, pedophile rings in the NSA, in the CIA, in the FBI, and that's why he had to go. And that's exactly what Sessions is doing. What? Where, 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 where are you going with this? Talk to me about what's going to happen with Jeff Sessions. Oh, nothing's going to happen to Jeff Sessions. Nothing's going to happen to Jeff Sessions. If you notice, since January until now, they've busted 1,500 people in pedophile rings without, within the United States, just within the United States. How, I'm, I'm missing something. How does this tie into the Russia thing? It doesn't go in the Russian thing. It has nothing to do with Russia. Russia's just a red heron. It's just a red Okay. It's beyond me. I can't do it. You know? You're creating more confusion in my head than the Democrats are trying to create over the Russia issue with Sessions. I don't know. I'm sorry, but thank you. I appreciate it. Um, 
So I don't know what the next thing is here. There are congressional investigations being called for by almost all the Democrats and some of the Republicans. There are calls for an in for an independent special prosecutor, which is not something I think I favor. I don't think it rises to the level of going down that road because there really is they don't have any definitive evidence that there is anything untoward, much less illegal, criminal going on with Sessions, with Trump, anyone on his team relating to the Russians and the election, Yaffe. Well, yeah, if they're going to be able to keep this scandal going, they're going to have to come up with some concrete evidence that something illegal and nefarious was done. And every time they throw something out, they never have the evidence. Even with the Michael Flynn thing, the intelligence officers that read the phone calls, that heard them, said there was nothing illegal and really nefarious done. And yet he was, you know, he was thrown out of political, you know, by political assassination. So how they're just trying to keep up this narrative. You're going to be talking about this on your evening show here on WFLA tonight? Oh, yeah. I'll be talking about it at 7 p.m. or what else is going on in the news. You can listen to last night's show. I talked about this a lot on last night's show as well. Just go to 1025WFLA.com and click on the Beyond Reason blog tab. So yep. check That's it out there. That is um, that is what uh, you call your show in the evening, whenever it is on, and we're having well, yeah. it on more and more. You're doing a great job. Well, with I'm it, the voice of reason in the world that is beyond reason, and there the Democrats go. are getting even more beyond reason when it comes to a lot of this stuff. There you go. Um, the Budman, Yaffe, the Deb Meister, Bryce, we're all here for you, and good morning, Orlando, on a Friday for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com, and of course... You can catch us on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM in the Metro Orlando area, still across the peninsula on AM 540, nationwide and worldwide on iHeartRadio. Just download that iHeartRadio app. You will love it. All right, Deb, let's get up to date on the news at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour on a Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. More on that session saga we've been talking about. Including a response from overseas. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says the uproar over U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions' meetings with the Russian ambassador is a replay of McCarthyism. In the 1950s, Senator Joseph McCarthy led a hunt for communist traitors he believed worked in the government. Sessions has recused himself from any investigation into Russia's meddling into the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Sessions failed to tell Congress during his confirmation hearing that during the presidential campaign, he spoke twice with the Russian ambassador. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And we went through all of that. Sessions is wearing two hats here, campaigning for Trump, but also as a member of the Armed Services Committee in the United States Senate. And that's where he had the contacts with the Russian ambassador, uh, not campaign-related. And I think that's a credible explanation. Anyway, that's where we are. You want to have some fun? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody likes a good time better than the Bud Man. Because I want to get to the story that you were telling me off mic. Uh, real quick, <laughs> right. a, a quick poll here in the in the studio. Listen up, guys. You're, yeah, because I need your involvement. Bud, do you have a pool? Um. I don't have a pool now. We have a community pool where we live. But over the years, we've had pools in Florida, yeah? Yeah, it's it's pretty, you know, unremarkable to have a pool here in Florida. You kind of need it because that's where you sit beginning in May, and you pretty much stay there till October. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Do you have a pool, Mike? Um, I live in a condo that has a community pool, but my parents had a pool. And my mom always said it was the best babysitter. It really is, isn't it? You know, you for throw us. throw the kids in there, <laughs> let them tire themselves out, and then yeah. booyah, nap time. How about you, Bryce? Yep, I have a pool. 
You have a currently have a pool? Yep, and it's a pain in the butt to clean all the time. Well, <laughs> that kind of segues right into my story. Go Thank go you ahead. so much. You're welcome. Well, a new study is giving us some insight into one of summer's most asked questions. We now know about how much urine is in the average swimming pool. Do we really want to share that? I'll bet the number is scary. It's scary, but what interested me when reading this story, Bud, was how they were able to, to make, take the measurements. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A chemist at the University of Alberta says it's possible to get a rough estimate of just how much pee is in a pool based on how much artificial sweeteners are in the water. Well, wait a minute. Who puts artificial sweetener in the water? They don't. Okay. When I, I think drink, I'm just going to listen. When you drink anything like a Diet Pepsi or uh-huh. you drink anything and then you uh, okay, pee in the pool, okay. that's how they find out. She says certain artificial sweeteners can be a good indicator as to how much pee is in the pool because they don't completely break down in the water. Researchers believe a commercial size swimming pool, kind of like your community pool, Mike Yaffe or Bud Man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Only about 20 gallons. Good Lord. (laughs) 20 gallons of your fellow community members. Oh, that is gross. Residential pool, Bryce, about two gallons. Oh, drink about that much beer while I get in the pool, so that makes sense. (laughs) I can tell you how to put a stop to this. Oh, yeah? Do you want to finish the story, or is that it? No, I just did. But what is that sign people used to hang outside their pool? I don't pee in your, so don't pee in my pool? Something like that. No, please don't pee in our pool. We don't swim in your toilet. There you go. (laughs) There you go. So first year we moved to Florida, okay? Our son, who's now a big strapping professional in town, raising his own family, um, (laughs) he brought his little friends over for a birthday party, Okay. And all the water was cloudy when they were done, and we knew why. It wasn't because they were And nobody was going to the pool bath. Nobody was going to the pool <laughs> bath. The water all turns cloudy. Next year, same group of kids come over for a party. Uh-oh. And I get in front of them and in their face, and I give them a little, a little lecture. I says, I know what happened last year, and so do you. There's the pool bath. Use it. I have put something in the pool where if you pee one drop, all the water around you will turn bright purple. <laughs> and everybody will know what you did. We wound up with a crystal clear pool, and we had a lineup for the pool bath all afternoon long. It was my greatest triumph. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's a good idea. That's how you take care of that if you got little kids. All that's right, brilliant. And it might even work for the adults. I think all these community <laughs> pools should start putting up a sign that says, "Warning: Additive has been added to water." <laughs> we'll my- know it's you. <laughs> My son must be chagrined. He's usually listening as he drives to work right now. He knows the story. At least you didn't give the stats on where people can find him and ask him more about the details of that story. Uh, I gave him a little cover anyway. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a true story. Absolutely true. That's a brilliant move, bud. Or hit work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Deb Meister, thank you. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with the news, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. None better here on Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Just visit Laura Has the Buyers. Dot com. By the way, download that iHeartRadio app and catch us nationwide, worldwide, clear as a bell. You will love it. Hey. This half hour of the show on uh, video, uh, Facebook Live. Like us on um, Facebook at WFLA Orlando. Great to see the greetings there. Hello to Lisa and to others. Great to have you with us on video on the 50,000-watt front porch on 
Facebook Live. Time now for the Daily Sound Judgment Game, and as always, a nice prize for our winner. And Bryce, let's talk about that. That's right. You can get yourself a copy of Hacksaw Ridge on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. From the acclaimed director Mel Gibson comes Hacksaw Ridge, starring Andrew Garfield, Sam Worthington, and Vince Vaughn. Experience the extraordinary true story of one of the greatest heroes in American history, who single-handedly saved 75 of his men during World War II's bloodiest battle and never fired a bullet. Nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director, our own Hacksaw Ridge on Blu-ray, DVD, and Digital HD, now from Lionsgate. The most compelling war movie I have ever seen, and it'll be an honor to send a copy to you if you are our winner. 407-916-5400 is the number. So for our sound judgment sound cut today, I've got 12 seconds of President Trump for you that I want you to listen to. Then use your sound judgment to tell me what the president was talking about yesterday when he said this. Congratulations to all of the men and women who helped build it. This is American craftsmanship at its biggest, at its best, at its finest. What was the president talking about? Line four, what do you think? Uh, I'd say the interstate highway system. Nope, that's not it, but thanks for trying. There's a chance for you to win the prize. Call 407-916-5400 right now. Big speech by the president, and that was part of it yesterday. Line two, what was the president talking about? The Great Wall. Not the Great Wall. Let's go to 407-916-5400 to pick up that line and win. Line one, what was the president talking about? Uh, aircraft carrier. Do you want to name the aircraft carrier? Uh, I can't think of the name. Guess what? I'm going to give it to you anyway. It absolutely was talking about... The U.S. aircraft carrier, he was aboard in Newport News, Virginia yesterday that yep. is almost completed, the Gerald R. Ford, named for the oh. late former president. But you know what? You got it. It was an aircraft carrier. and uh, awesome. good. <laughs> You're going to get that um, terrific copy of the Blu-ray uh, DVD of Hacksaw Ridge. It is a oh. compelling true story. Thank you so much. Oh, we're excited to have you on and uh, and uh, to make you our winner on a Friday morning. And if you give me your first name, I'll throw in a personally written note of congratulations. Uh, first name is Patty. Patty, P-A-T-T-I. From where? Uh, from Oviedo. Excellent. Love that town. I live nearby. Hey, listen, Patty, don't go away. I will put you on hold right now, and you can make the arrangements off air with Bryce. Okay, Patty? Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, good deal. You have a great weekend now, okay? You too. All right. Good deal. We have a winner. Now, um, we talked earlier about the hypocrisy of Colin Kaepernick. You know, the San Francisco 49ers uh, quarterback was about to opt out of his contract and try to get a job with another National Football League team who sat out and then knelt when the National Anthem was played all last season in a protest of uh, discrimination against minorities and police brutality and all of that, well, guess what? He's not going to be sitting or kneeling anymore. What's going on with Colin Kaepernick? Nothing in my mind but pure hypocrisy. We'll talk about it. 407-916-5400 if you want to join the conversation and our text line at 23680 on the big change with Colin Kaepernick. 
San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who's not nearly the quarterback he once was, is opting out of his contract with the 49ers and will be looking to hook on with another NFL team as a free agent. Okay, that's the setup for this. Kaepernick last summer, when he first sat for the National Anthem, then proceeded to kneel in protest throughout the season whenever the Star Spangled Banner was played. He said he was protesting racial injustice in America and police brutality and was asked at the time if he planned to continue sitting out the National Anthem long term. Yes, uh, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Well, the only thing has changed that he needs a new job. He made over 14 mil playing last year and not playing very well. So now he has promised that any team he now plays for, he will stand for the national anthem. Okay? So much for principle. This is all about the money. And this story is all about pure, unadulterated hypocrisy, in my not-too-humble opinion. Here is Judy in Castleberry with a family connection to the National Football League and a strong opinion on the Colin Kaepernick story. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Bud. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just wanted to say that my son was part of the National Football League for eight years. He was the NFL football Super Bowl winner. He beat the New England Patriots, and he was Kawika Mitchell. Uh-huh. He had a lot of pride and loved the team, loved the game. The money was good, but the game was his life. And this guy that just keeps kneeling to the flag and needs a game, uh, a job all at once, he needs to realize but, that it's one in a million makes it to the NFL. It's prestigious, and it's a blessing from God. So I think he needs a spanking. I don't think uh, if that was my son, I would be so upset with him, even though Kawika's had issues a little bit because he is part Hawaiian, and a lot of people uh, do a little bit of um, – Profiling at times, okay. I, where he lives, for one, I can't say. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm telling you, Bud, I would be ashamed of my son doing that. And this boy, I'm not saying don't give him a job, don't give him another chance, but hopefully that was a big wake-up call for him. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much. She's talking about her son. Talking about my son. You got a text message here from my son, didn't you? Yeah, um, he's 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 a little upset. He said, "Come on, Dad, why you got to tell the pool story?" <laughs> I knew he was listening. I, I, I think he did it. I think he was the one responsible in the uh, first book. I hope mm-hmm. you didn't miss that from about 20 minutes ago. I don't have time to go back into it, and I, and, and and he doesn't want to hear it out there again. Yaffe's got his show on tonight. When are you on, brother? I'm on at 7 p.m. tonight, 7 to 8 p.m. Right here on WFLA with um, analysis and comment on the top news of the day. Have a great weekend, everybody, from all of us. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.